Here follows the obituary of Derek Birtwistle. <coughs> it is with a heavy heart that we announce the death of St. Elwickian Derek Birtwistle. Born on the 4th of August 1942 and named after his uncle, who was believed by his family to have been recently taking part in the First Battle of El Alamein, but who was in fact hiding in a disused grain silo in Columpton to avoid conscription. Despite his inauspicious namesake, Derek would in later life grow to become a man that many described as potentially okay if you really get to know him. But before that, he was a child, and dazzled as he was by the lights of the silver screen, had ambitions of becoming a child actor. His parents, having had their fill of him at an early age, sent him away to board at Sherborne School in Dorset, and while there he would frequently feign attacks of polio, then sneak out of the infirmary, catch a train to London, and present himself for auditions at the world-famous Ealing Studios, where he was invariably rebuffed. On leaving Sherborne, and much to the disgust of his parents, he attempted to make it as an adult actor. And, um, I think I've got that right, Jess. Uh, adult, adult actor, or just actor. Um, you choose, I mean, as in an, an actor, a normal a actor who is a fully grown adult rather than a, a, an actor of adult. Um, anyway, I I think you know what I'm driving at, but you, you're better at this sort of thing than me, so um, you pick. Um, anyway, um, he, uh, yeah, he attempted to make it as an adult actor, burning through a series of bank loans to travel up and down the country, trying out for repertory theatre companies. These bank loans he took under his colourful stage name of Oscar Flambe to avoid later repayment. Not a single theatre took him. After five years of this and on the cusp of giving up, he took one last shot at the world of movies. He returned to Ealing Studios and struck gold when he was cast in the Stanley Hoddle film Four Hats for Shirley. Owing to his small frame, round face and the fact that he was totally hairless from the nose down, he was given the role of a 12-year-old boy who was pushed out of a tram and into a toffee apple cart in a scene that was later cut. And so, aged 23, Derek had finally achieved his dream of becoming a child actor. Having slaked his thirst for show business, Derek returned to St Elwick's where he, like so many before him, would remain until death. He married Dorothy Edgington, and though they had no children, he did sire two bastards with cigarette sales girl Agatha Curl. The older bastard, Cliff, lent into his providence and later gave himself the surname Fitzderek. Cliff Fitzderek moved to Bangkok in 1993, where he has been in the notorious Conplem Maximum Security Prison on drugs trafficking charges ever since. The younger bastard, Alan Carroll, will, given the chance, tell you that his brother is a banker in Zurich and that his father died in childbirth, but as you can see, both of those claims are categorically untrue. Derek spilled the beans about all this to me a couple of years ago when he was in his cups uh, and made me swear not to report on it until after his death. I'll, I'll admit I, I had some uh, ethical, journalistic soul-searching to do about that one, but uh, I, I have kept that promise. Uh, but it, it does feel good to finally air his family's dirty laundry in public once and for all. Of course, Derek having his own secrets didn't preclude others from having secrets they wished kept from him. Now that he's passed, it feels safe to reveal that Tony Corrigan has been secretly using Derek's allotment since 2012. Derek originally applied for the plot after making a drunken bet with Phil Molnar as to whether or not you could grow satsumas in Devon. He believed you could, but having been awarded the plot, he realised within a single afternoon how much work it would take and never returned. Rather than relinquish the coveted allotment and allow a true-hearted gardener to enjoy it, he simply neglected it, and Tony Corrigan, who had the next-door plot, moved right on in. 
This was, of course, in direct contravention of allotment tenancy regulations, but I must say that Tony has got some very sharp radishes out of the affair. Derek would have balked at all this, of course, as uh, while he and Tony had once been great friends, they had a very serious falling out in the late 80s as to whether or not Rod Stewart was English or Scottish. Uh, in a time before smartphones and Google, such disputes could not be as easily settled as they can now and could fester. On the subject of secrets, though, probably of greater interest to Derek would have been the fact that his wife Dorothy has been conducting an affair with Neil Spate the Butcher since the credit crunch. I think Derek's the only person in St Elwick's who didn't know about that. I'm sure everyone will join me in wishing Dorothy all the best on what is sure to be a less complicated and far happier phase of life now that she is free of Derek's shackles. Plus, uh, Neil Spate has often intimated that following Derek's demise, he'd celebrate by knocking 15% off venison sausages for a week. So uh, there's that to look forward to as well. But uh, back to the man in hand. In his work life, Derek was careful to make sure he was presented with as few challenges as possible and that his weekends were kept free. As such, he sought employment with Devon County Council, initially as a planning administrator, later joining the in-house accountancy training programme before realising there would be exams and returning to administrative work. He had a passion for appearing passionate about the finer things in life. His bookshelf boasted the complete works of Charles Dickens, each book having been bought second-hand to give the appearance of being read. He affected to like difficult jazz, and he never said a wine was anything better than perfectly drinkable, to give the impression he knew more about viticulture than he actually did, which, I have on good authority, was nothing. He, um... Ah, I haven't written this, uh, this bit up. Um... Uh, he uh, uh, couldn't drive, could swim, um, um, was left-handed but could play snooker either way round, non-smoker with well-controlled asthma, never found a pair of glasses that really suited him, um, climate change denier, uh, although to be fair that was only in later years, I, I think he only did that to get a rise out of people. Um, inveterate sinophobic... And weak allergy to conference pairs. Um, I might sort that bit out later. Ah, here we are. Arguably, Derek's greatest achievement was rising to the heights of chairman of the St Elwick's Neighbourhood Association Committee, a position he treated as purely ceremonial. Uh, it's not, of course, it is an operational role. Nonetheless, he used the 1996 budget in its entirety to have himself made a feathered tricorn hat and set of matching robes, which I know he felt should be donated to the Royal Albert Memorial Museum in town um, after his death, but personally, I think he should be buried in them. Uh, beyond that, the only uh, standout event of his chairmanship was uh, him attempting to uh, change AGMs uh, from annual to centennial, um, and thank goodness he was thwarted. Um... So, there we have it. Derek Bertwistle, St. Elwickin, who has died at the age of... of... <clears throat> uh, okay, I think that's as far as I can go for now, Jess. I, I'll save this on your desktop, uh, where you will also find the next edition of the newsletter podcast proper um, for February, which I, I recorded this morning. Could you, could you make one of those special computer folders for this one, please, um, and keep it to one side... Obviously, Derek isn't dead yet, uh, but I've got a bit of spare time this week, so I'm going to write up a few of these obituaries in advance and, and get ahead of the game. Um, I actually bumped into Derek only only yesterday, and despite what he puts away, he's never looked healthier, so who knows when we'll actually use this one. Um, 
I know your mother will think I've been too easy on him and that he doesn't warrant an obituary at all. Um, God knows the man is an ass, uh, but but I can't not write up a former chairman, can I? Um, that would take us down a, a, a very slippery slope, I think. Um, what else? Uh, when the time comes, it's unlikely he'll have achieved anything new worth mentioning, uh, but I will at least tag on um, his age and mode of death um, because uh, people like to know that sort of thing, don't they? Uh, thanks, love. Oh, uh, the the newsletter itself shouldn't need much in the way of editing for once this month. Um, don't wish to blow me own trumpet, but uh, I think it's one of my best. Uh, thanks. Love you.